0: Brian Nichols you're a great man with some great ideas a great podcast do you see why he's my favorite libertarian people (laughs) yes he's full of common sense and wisdom Brian Nichols here on the Brian Nichols show Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. Today, I am joined by easily one of the best of the best, Matt Kibbe. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. It's good to be with you. By the way, let me take a step back and say I love what you're doing. I love the conversational style, and it's a combination of good fun and serious ideas. I love the fact that your show's doing what it does, and, and this is how we win the future. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. Welcome back, folks, to The Brian Nichols Show. I'm your humble host, Brian Nichols, the host, yes, of The Brian Nichols Show, aptly named, I dare say. And uh, the reason for my show today is, well, I think you guys deserve another fantastic, phenomenal, wonderful guest, even. And his name is Caleb Shoemate. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Caleb, he is one of the writers over at Austin Peterson's The Libertarian Republic, and he is just an absolute joy to talk to. So Caleb recently wrote an article over at The Libertarian Republic, and it was called Colt made me equal, a disabled libertarian's case for gun ownership, and that was uh, one of the things when I originally talked to Caleb to uh, to join the show. I really hadn't considered discussing, but uh, after hearing this article, uh, as you know, him being someone with cerebral palsy, I was like, you know, we we this is a really interesting topic to discuss because it's not something that I think people really think about when they're talking about the right to bear arms. And and with this, we had a progression in terms of discussing um, his experience as someone with with disability and and you know how dangerous it is that government is the the entity that um, really decides uh, his his well-being through Medicare and Medicaid and and really why he himself is a libertarian or you know a constitutional conservative so uh, I want to let you guys listen to the show and, and really listen to Caleb tell his story it's a fantastic story and Caleb's just one of the best guys out there so uh, if you enjoyed today's episode first and foremost please Go support Caleb over at the Libertarian Republic. Um, I'm going to include all the links to his work in the show notes. Um, And also, please go ahead and follow him on Twitter because he's he's a great guy to follow. Um, He's just a a genuinely just bright happy individual and it just makes my soul so happy to see all the great work he's doing um especially dude first of all the dude's jacked like he his upper body is is out of this world he does pull-ups and and push-ups and, and he he's ripped and he does all these workout videos and i'm like good you know good for you anybody else um in his situation could easily find an excuse and caleb makes no excuses at all and he's one of the hardest workers i know so part of him being a hard worker coming on to my show and facing dare oh, we say the tough questions. So with that, to the show, Caleb Shumate from the Libertarian Republic here on the Brian Nichols show. Well, Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. And we've been working on this for uh, for a couple months now to get you onto the show. And with, yeah. my, with my my sickness I had there a couple of weeks ago and then vacation and life and, and, you know, all that in between, we ended up, uh, had to postpone a few times and God bless you. You were able to reschedule and and here we are, you know, recording on the, the 10th of July. And uh, I'm so excited to have you on my show because you're you're easily one of my my favorite stories as I've watched you really start over at the Libertarian Republic and, and you know move up the ranks and really create a name for yourself. I mean, I saw it just today you had uh, Antonia Okafor following you on Twitter. That was pretty darn cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah. So let's let's just start off for the folks in my audience who are not familiar with who you are or maybe your works that you've been doing over at, at TLR. Uh, Introduce who you are to my audience and then kind of what brought you to be uh, one of these so-called, air quote, crazy libertarians.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. One of the the radicals. Well, to be honest with you, I got involved in politics probably about 2013. Um, I've always been into history my whole life, and my love and passion for history kind of evolved into my political action. But I remember sitting in a U.S. history class, and by the grace of God, I had a good teacher, and he actually taught the truth and like really hammered home primary sources it's like don't take anybody's word for it you know you go back and you read the words of whoever it is you're studying if you if you want to figure out what they're saying you know you read the letters of Thomas Jefferson or Abraham Lincoln or George Washington or whoever you're studying and I remember you know he would talk about the foundational principles of liberty And that's really not something you see a lot in modern college classes, but it really started a fire in my belly because then he would talk about the progressive era and how we strayed for that. And I thought, well, my God, I've got to do something. And so that that led me to getting involved at a local tea party. I got turned on to Glenn Beck, who I'm a big fan of. And uh, I listened to him on a regular basis and that kind of got me involved in doing this. And then I got up with Austin.
0: By um, Austin, Austin, you mean Austin Peterson, who uh, ran for U.S. Senate in, in the state of Missouri. as a Republican, and, and he's the, the founder and, and really the, the, the guy who's the, the puppet master behind the scenes at the Libertarian Republic. So just for people who are wondering who Austin yes. is. Yes.
1: Yes, yes. I'm sorry about that. Austin Peterson, I got involved with him about the time that uh, – well, I got turned on to him in about 2016 when he ran for president under the Libertarian Party ticket. And then uh, I've been a fan of his ever since then. and uh, then we did uh, some work, you know, I did some advocacy for him with the Senate program, you know, I would uh, post on social media and I did a little donating there just because I I really believed in him. That was actually the first time I've ever donated to a candidate, but uh, just because I really believed in, in what he was talking about and then he was put in a plug for uh, volunteer riders and I said, well, I'll throw my hat in the ring and so here <laughs> I am. Well, here you are. And and
0: the reason I wanted to have you on now, now first and foremost, uh, you are someone who you, you've been facing a disability pretty much your whole life. And, and I don't want to tell your own yes. story, but you, you have cerebral palsy and yes. it's it's a fascinating story to hear how you kind of taken your disability and you've said, you know what? Screw it. it! That's not going to mm-hmm. hold me back. I'm, I'm going to you know do my own thing. I mean, I, I, one of the things that I absolutely love watching on, on Facebook, it, it, it makes me smile every time is seeing you when you're doing your workout videos and you're you're doing you know you're doing yeah. chin uh, you know chin lifts or not chin lifts um I can't even think of the word dips right. yeah dips, dips thank you dips pull ups yeah. pull-ups, uh, and and I mean you're getting Jack man like to see you being able to do that and you're like you know despite my disability this is this is something I want to do because I. And not gonna let my disability hold me back. That is so motivating wow. to me. I mean, I used to weigh 385 pounds. So for me, wow. I, would, I was like, you know what? I can't let my I don't want to say disability, because it's not disability, it was a choice. Um, but I can't <laughs> let, I can't let this extra weight hold me back. And I ended up you know, I dropped down uh you know a couple hundred pounds there. And and yeah to to see you overcome that, it was really inspiring for me. So I mean, with that in mind, what is about the libertarian philosophy. As someone who I would dare say most people look at you, and, and you know, unfortunately, because of just the, the perception people have of somebody who's in a wheelchair, they would say mm-hmm. they need help. They need somebody to help them. And, and mm-hmm. libertarianism is is against the idea of you know the government being the the nanny and holding your hand the whole time. So how was it that you kind of got mm-hmm. towards the ideas of libertarianism or just the ideas of liberty, personal responsibility, personal liberty? And you right. didn't let your 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 limitations hold you back, and and kind of go the path of somebody who traditionally would go towards
1: that nanny state. Mm-hmm. Well, I was raised in a very conservative household, so both socially and um, fiscally. So, so my background started from there. But then when I started looking at you know political parties, and not to say that you know because the LPs a big mess now anyway, but. But looking at political philosophies and I I saw that, you know, conservatives, they claim to care about a small government, you know, but they didn't really care. You know, I I looked and I saw, you know, what about the intervention around the world, you know, and, and policing the world and all these things. And I said, well, that's not really conservative. And so my understanding of conservatism was much more libertarian than conservative. It was real. Uh, it was yeah, truly right, liber- right. it was truly liberty oriented. Right, right. And I've always been very liberty oriented. I just didn't know that there's a word for what I was, you know, because I've always <laughs> considered myself a libertarian. I, I just called myself conservative because I thought that was, you know, what it was. And then when I started digging around and finding that you know different political philosophies, I said, well, you know, I don't want when it comes to the social issues. I don't want government telling me what church I can or can't go to, or or who I can marry, or whatever, you know. So I, I don't want anybody being involved in that, and I sure as heck don't want them involved in my pocketbook. And so uh, that, that's pretty much libertarianism right there. And so I said, well, I guess that's what I am, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny
0: because um, I always like to ask that st- that question to, to hear everybody's individual story because I, I find that we were able to figure out how we got to liberty. And then use how we got to liberty to help bring others to liberty. What? So, I mean, for yes. example, one of our, our good friends uh, over at the Libertarian Public, Steffi Cole, she started from the exact opposite. She wasn't in a conservative household. She was in a very progressive, left wing household, yes. and she kind of yes. gravitated more and more along the 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 track to liberty um, by doing her research, learning more and more, and and to see, you know, there's. No specific way you have to get to liberty. It's it's refreshing to know mm-hmm. that it, you the ideas are so contagious and the ideas of liberty are are so ingrained in who we are as individuals. Um, that really partisanship be damned. People usually, hopefully, when they're, they're yeah. being objective, they find their way naturally to our 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 ideology essentially, and that is being you know pro self, uh, pro you know property rights, pro non aggression. That's really the, yes. the concepts of libertarianism.
1: Yes, yes, I, I believe that uh, not to sound cliche, but it's, it's really common sense. Anybody that would, you know, believe well, I own myself. Well, if you own yourself, and the, then the individual is free. The rights of the individual are, you know, expansive. You know, and nobody has a right to tell me how I can or cannot live my life, and I don't want to do that to anybody else. And so the government sure as hell can't do that to anybody.
0: Have you found Caleb and I'm going to ask you this, and I' am just curious what your kind of your experience has been. Have you found that people assume that you're a political ideology because of your disability?
1: Oh boy,
0: I've got a funny story
1: to tell you. hit me with it. That's the idea of the podcast. Give me the funny story. It's actually happened to me twice um two times that I have went to vote. I have had people try to get me to vote for democratic candidates. It's funny because you know I'm not partisan and i I hate on the Republicans when they stray from limited government principles as much as I do Democrats. But it's always been the Democrats that assume that I'm feeble-minded or that I'm mentally retarded and, and try to get me to vote for, for their Democratic candidate. But th- there was one person, and I remember I was actually on the way to a Tea Party event after I went to vote because we went to vote as a family. And this woman, she come up to me, and she was an elderly type woman. And she said, you know, I've worked in the school system for 30-some-odd years. And she said, I just love people like you. And she said, you should vote for Kay Hagan, who was a Democrat running in North Carolina. She said, you should just vote because she just loves people like you. And I I remember I I sat there, and I I was baffled, Brian. I didn't really know what to say. (laughs) <laughs> um, but I, I tell you, it took every bit of Christianity and every bit of goodness in me not to just give her a piece of my mind because I, I wanted to rip her and I, I wanted to really let into her, you know. Oh yeah, well uh, as to
0: say, what's it, it, sad is because I, so I actually worked in uh, in mental health for a while back when I was I was younger. Yeah, and um, yeah. you know, there's there's a perception I think that if you don't support. The progressive or the in, just in general the Democratic candidates that you're yes. against the poor you're against the people who are in need of help and I really think yes. there's a disconnect between the 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 reality that is you know mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll discuss the article you wrote about like you know there's there's an importance for people to not only be able to defend themselves but like to allow their community to voluntarily help people in in these individual cases of need. But to, to assume that just because you're voting for the uh, Democratic Party, who's going to use the, the power of government to quote unquote enact these uh, you know pr- promotions of change for, for positive good for the people who are in need, that doesn't necessarily make you a, a moral or a good person because you're you're forcing somebody else to give their dollars to a government to then you know say we're going to use those dollars for doing good things, and that's that's completely opposite right. to the, the the foundational principles of our
1: country. Yeah, it is. It really is, and it's based off of extortion. You know, well, when you're you're taking your your tax dollars and taking it from somebody involuntarily. You know, if they want to help the poor, let them help the poor. I'm all for helping the poor. That, that's what kills me about the left is that they say, mm-hmm. well, oh, you you don't care about the children, or you, or you must not care about you know quality education, or or the poor, or what have you. Insert whatever you want to there. And it's like, no, I do. I do, very much so. I care about the poor so much. I don't want the government involved because I see government involvement is holding them back in many ways. It's not giving you a hand up. It's giving you a hand out. And it should be giving you a hand up, and that's just not what it does.
0: we well, we've, we've seen a perversion of the – the, the use of government over the years, it's, it's gotten yes. worse and worse, especially, you know, in 2019, um, yeah. where, I mean, j- geez, I, I'm sure you watch the democratic debates and you just see, you know, oh, who, who's going to be more left on the, on the, on the stage. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and you know, honestly, like for me, I kind of, um, I kind of smirk a little bit cause I'm like, okay, I, there's no way, right? Like there's no way that the average person in America would vote for someone who is, you know, you know, left-wing, absolute, you know, cuckoo-crazy, mm-hmm. progressive. But then I look at people like a Bernie Sanders, and, I mean, he's got he's got a, a group of people who are supporting him that is, you know, it, it's kind of scary. It, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. this, I, I dare say, honestly, like, it's far surpassed what Ron Paul was able to accumulate in, in 2008 and 2012. And that's scary. Yes. Um, because yes. instead of preaching the ideas and the, the concepts of personal liberty and responsibility, he's saying, let me help the government uh, help you and and that's mm-hmm. you know that's one of the scariest things to hear is i'm here from the government and i'm here to help um yeah that's reagan exactly yeah and, and but people are, are getting to the point now where they are looking for these solutions from the government so yes what would you say you know based on your experience um you know it, especially with your your disability what's been the best means to actually help you live your life the best way you can it has it been government or has it been you know private charities or, or family mm-hmm.
1: or, or what have you it's, it's been private charity and then help from my family and then now help from Austin. I mean, knowing that I had someone who I had no professional experience as far as writing or any of that until I got involved with Austin. And he just he really didn't know me from Adam. I mean, he knew I was a supporter of his and he took my word at it. And I was able to prove myself to him and show him what a good writer I was and a good communicator. But even he, I was surprised. But. He said, "You really have a gift for this, and the fact that somebody that I personally admire big time was willing to take the time to be able to invest in me, and uh, has actually become a very good friend of mine, means the world to me." Yeah.
0: So let's um let's kind of expound upon that, shall we? So not yeah. not necessarily um Austin, but like let's say the government. So with the yeah. government, um people assume that. Yes. Or your your individual needs as somebody who does face a disability every day would be met, you know, all the day, all the time. Like, there's no question about it. Versus, you know, the the, the private sector where, you know, if yes. if, if there wasn't somebody who's was actually going out there to, to help you, that you would just be, you know, pushed to the side and, and left on your own to to, to you yeah. know suffer in silence. So, what's the disconnect? Where are people losing the the you know the what is the, the reality of the situation versus what's being promoted um, or the narrative that's promoted by maybe people who are more in favor of a large, overarching government?
1: Okay. okay. Well, I'll tell you from personal experience. I'm, I'm on Medicare and Medicaid against my will. I was put on a, at the age of 18, and I can tell you firsthand just how much the, uh, the system sucks, and it doesn't help your needs. I'm sitting in a wheelchair that's creaking like an old rocking chair right now. <laughs> the bolts will the bolts will come out the back unexpectedly. I've had to get people to help me fix it up to where it half works half the time. Um, now, I mean, I, I'm not able to get what I need uh, because I think according to the program, uh, they only allow me to have one chair every five years, and this one's a piece of shit. I'm just going to be blunt. <laughs> uh, it's probably the worst wheelchair I've ever had. Like I said, I was born with cerebral palsy, so this this is you know, something I've been dealing with my whole life, and this is just the crappiest chair I've ever had. Oh.
0: So, do you find that that kind of it carries through all the services that you experience? You know, being someone who's on Medicaid and Medicare, that it it really is just you know cookie cutter. Like, okay, you're 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 up next, and it's just there's no personality mm-hmm. to it. There, it's just you know you're you're an, another name, another number, and and you you you're yeah. just another person to check off a, a, a list.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Well, and I tell you, it, it's hard because. It doesn't give me the the hand up. It, it really it restricts me from doing what I want to do because I think, well, oh well, I can only make so and so allotted amount of money before they start cutting that out. Now, you know, I might make too much money to start losing, you know, the things that they provide for me or whatever, which I don't want in the first place. But the the reality is, you know, when how do, how do I put this? With them doing this, you know, I can't make over a allotted amount of money, but I may not be able to afford health insurance and all those other kind of things. Well, it, it doesn't give me a hand up because if if something happens to me, then what do I do? And and so I can't make my own own money. And it's it, to be honest with you, it's demoralizing because I, I I realized long before I got involved in the Liberty movement. And long before I realized that I was a libertarian, that this was immoral. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you, there's nothing that I want more than anything in the world to make enough money to tell the government to stick it.
0: That's the goal, right? I mean, honestly, that's yeah. that is the American dream is is to make yeah. it so you don't have to be reliant on anybody else, you're able to to fend for yourself. So then um, you know, I I would love to see you you obviously become a much more well-known writer, um, especially oh, yeah. within libertarian circles or just, you know, pro-liberty, pro-conservative, pro-constitution circles. What have you? Yes. So let's yes. kind of um let's go to, to hopefully Push one of those articles. That is the uh, the article you, you published there back uh, – actually, as of today uh, today's recording, July 9th, it was uh, your article over at the Libertarian Public said, Colt made me equal, a, dis- a disabled libertarian's case for gun ownership. So, Caleb, if you could kind of walk us through the premise of your, your, your article okay. here over at TLR and – and kind of explain the, uh, the premise there of being somebody who is disabled and how your strong pro-Second Amendment and how you consider that to have helped make you more equal um, when cons- considered to your peers.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, really, it's pretty self-explanatory. Well, to start at the beginning of, like I said, I grew up in a conservative household, so I'm very comfortable with guns. I have been. I've been raised around them my whole life. Um uh, a very pro-gun. Uh, but let's just face facts because of my CP I'm at a natural disadvantage I'm I'm strong on the upper body but I mean what what am I supposed to do if an attacker comes at me I sure hate don't want to get down on the ground with them <laughs> um yeah I, I might be able to choke them out or something but I mean I'm I'm at a natural disadvantage because I don't have the lower body function that other people do so I, it's not like I can ju- do judo uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um when when you introduce that gun into the equation, and concealed carry in particular, let, let's just face it, that's the equalizer. Because right. whether, people, whether people like it or not, the people that are most likely to be attacked or mugged are women, people with disabilities, and the elderly. And why is that? Because they're perceived as weaker. And so yeah. they think, well, you know, th- these guys will be an easy target. But if I'm packing some heat, they might think twice about that. And sure, sure enough, if they come at me, I'm gonna take them down.
0: <laughs> well, let, uh, let's expound upon that as well. Um, you know, in your article, you, you discussed how you know history it it has yeah. shown to be that what you just said is a hundred percent true, and you reference back in the nineteen you know thirties when the, the Nazis basically they started going after those who were considered handicapped um, yeah. first because they were in fact the the, the more weak of the people um yeah. know, in, in in Nazi Germany and in according to your article, you know they they ended up killing two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand physically or mentally handicapped individuals under the T four and other eugenic programs from nineteen thirty nine to nineteen forty five. Now that mm-hmm. alone is horrifying like that's a six-year mm-hmm. period and 200 to two hundred and fifty five thousand individuals who were either physically or mentally handicapped being just executed wiped off the face of the earth that's just it's it's horrifying to think that happened but not even you know 70 some odd years ago um but it basically speaks to the point that you're referring to is that you mm-hmm. know they the, the those who are at a disadvantage when it comes to their handicaps They are Mm -hmm. the first targets of a tyrannical government, and and really, they were
1: defenseless. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, you can even look at that in the United States. There was a young woman, I think, around the turn of the 20th century. Carrie, I believe her her first name was – I can't remember her last name right now. But she was deemed mentally incapable of raising a child by the state, and she was forced to have an abortion and sterilized. And that was in the United States. By the United States Supreme Court, (laughs) and and so it it, it really disgusts me, you know. All all these examples that we found of these eugenicists, from Margaret Sanger to Hitler, all these big government types people. I'm kind of the canary in the coal mine here, because they're coming after me first, And, and so I'm warning. For the love of God, people wake up. This is not the the rantings and ravings of a paranoid person. I know firsthand from studying history, they will come after the people with disabilities. They'll come after the people they see as unfit, and then they'll come after the rest of society.
0: So then, the argument that's going to be raised up from those probably on the left or just you know the the, yeah. the pro-government camp is that yeah. well, that will never happen in America in 2019. Come on, that that's that's preposterous.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Because because America's different than the rest of the world. Like it, it's 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 like what Rudyard Kipling said about uh, in his poem "Gods of the Book Headings." I, I wrote an article about that actually myself about how water will wet and fire will burn. America is not exempt from being dealt with with socialism. America is not exempt from economic disaster if we keep going down this road. Bad things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that, that's just the course of how it is. Fortunately, in America, our founding fathers were smart enough to give us something we call the Constitution (laughs) that was supposed to prevent against that kind of stuff. But our elected officials, whether Republican or Democrat, have not done a very good job of following that piece of paper
0: because well, it limits their that, power, right? Like that's yeah. that's that's the uh you know the the unfortunate reality is that those that are in power are going to do nothing mm-hmm. more than to seek to increase their power. And um I, yeah, Absolutely. I was just on um, a show yesterday on Call Me Ignorant uh, with Stephen mm-hmm. Ramos and and we were actually talking about this is that, you know, he was saying, what would you prefer a, a system where the, the two party system goes away or it's just, you know, it's one party or, you know, no parties. And I'm like, honestly, I would prefer to see, you know, no parties. But the reality is, is that that's never going to happen because the people mm-hmm. who are in power right now are part of this two party system and they will do everything in their damn power mm-hmm. to make sure that, that power does not go away. And um, you know, we've, seen it. we've seen it in, in history in that. You know, with the Libertarian Party especially being, you know, forced to to get ballot access every year in you know almost every single yeah. state, um, you know, keeping them off the debate stage. It's mm-hmm. it's it's built into the the institutions of our electoral systems. And the fact that, you know, you, you look no further than our southern border, of, of countries like Venezuela. I mean, I had a girl on my show, Hillary and Aguilar, and she discussed mm-hmm. she, you know, she grew up in Venezuela and she discussed what is happening to her home country and really the progression of where they started to where they are now and it's mm-hmm. horrifying because you you truly see the um as socialism socialism creeps in and as individual rights start to slip away then all of a sudden the the dehumanizing begins and she was referring to one of her friends who he went mm-hmm. out protesting the government and he was in the middle of the street and he got shot point blank in the head and that happened oh, in a, yeah that happened in a country you know literally just a couple of countries away from us down on our southern border in South America it's yeah. not too hard to grasp that that could happen in America especially when you see the Antifa thugs that are going around and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're going after journalists or you see the the conflicts that are happening in our, our very urban cities. And I'm, I said, the show yesterday I was on and like, I get nervous. Cause I'm like, what, you know, what's going to be the tipping point that happens here. And then yes. God, what will happen to those people who are, who you know are in need, yes. and they need help, you know, that aren't like you who are packing heat and they're they're ready to defend yes. themselves. They're going to be the, yeah. the most defenseless among us.
1: Yes. Yes, uh, absolutely. And like I said, that, that, that's why I am pro-gun, is because I realize without that, I'm, I'm one of societies, what you would consider most vulnerable, even though I'm not a victim by any means. I mean, I think that's pretty self-evident. You know that yourself, Brian. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, you know, it bothers me. I, I do want to clarify, I believe America is different in the fact of, you know, I've studied our history. I've done that my whole life. I believe we're different because we're an exceptional nation. I do believe that we're the best nation in the world, and I make no apologies for that. I believe we're different because I've seen what we do when the chips are down. But the problem is is that we're so busy being, and I'm just talking about the average person here, being at each other's throat that we don't listen to one another, that we don't have a conversation, that we just want (laughs) to shout at each other. And the two-party system and those people in power are rigged against us. Yeah. They want that because they know if they can divide us, then they can easily conquer us. Mm-hmm. And so I don't believe that we're exempt from you know, the pains of socialism should we choose to continue to go down this road. But it, it worries me and it really concerns me. What are we going to have to go through until we wake up?
0: They're great, and, uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I was just yeah. say, no, that's the whole reason you mentioned, you know, the fact that we are not talking to each other. That's that's really the point of my show is to have yeah. conversations with people from from all over the aisles. I mean, I've had you know, democratic socialists on my show, I've had uh, conservatives, I've had Republicans. I I don't care what the the you know identification is, the ism that somebody has, or mm-hmm. or the uh you know the the R, you know, R or D or L or or whatever G mm-hmm. next to their name. It doesn't matter to me. I want to have conversations yeah. with real people and. Really try to find some common ground where we can at least understand where the other person's coming from, instead of thinking, "Oh, you're uh, you're my enemy because you don't right. agree with me 100 percent of you know the time on 100 percent of the issues."
1: Right, and I'm I'm grateful that we live in a country where we can at least attempt to have those conversations. Where we can, because in some of these countries that we're talking about, in the Venezuela and the USSR when it existed. In Nazi Germany that we just talked about? You couldn't even have those conversations. Yep. So, so I, I'm grateful that we live in a country that we can have these conversations and talk about these things it's scary cuz
0: you can see how quickly it can be uh, so uh you know quickly ripped away um that's you, yes. that's the part that you know, i'm worried about and i hope that you know some mm-hmm. of our our you know brothers and sisters here in america will wake up to that and and really mm-hmm. say you know sure there there might be speech that i don't like but that doesn't make it that illegal speech you know hate speech is, right. is still free speech and we have to embrace the ability for people to say the most vile things because you know if if we start to to censor who can say what then and it becomes you know well then it's you know 50 plus 1 majority rule and then whoever that 50 plus mm-hmm. one majority is can silence their 49 percent in the name of hate speech um what? and that's that's a scary scary precipice to, to really establish
1: well sunlight is the best disinfectant brian and so if you if you take these you know these hateful ideas we'll, we'll take white nationalists for example any liberty loving person i don't think most americans would like a white nationalist but i want them to be able to be free to uh, say whatever they want to say, say their outlandish, racist ideas, so that they can be put out there in the marketplace of ideas, and then people hear them, and they say, "Well, this is a bunch of shit. I don't want anything to do with this." But it, but if you keep it, you know, if you suppress it, you know, as far as not allowing them to be able to speak, then it festers and it grows, and then that's part of what contributes to a Hitler situation that ended up killing what what did I say? Tooth? Two hundred thousand to two hundred fifty thousand, mm-hmm. just disabled people, not counting the Jews and all the other groups that he went after.
0: Well, uh, that's why we need people like you to uh, to keep on, you know, to raising up the issues and and you know, really telling your story and and hope hope hopefully making people more aware of of what's going on and the, the importance of not only, you know, the the ideas of liberty and the concepts of liberty, but you know, reference to your article, the importance of, of being a well-armed and aware and, and you know, really educated society. So, with that being yeah. said, I would love to uh, to direct people towards your work. So, where if people are interested in learning more about Caleb Shume and all the great things he's doing, doing over at TLR, where can they go ahead and find you and you know the articles
1: you're uh, you're writing now? Well, they can find me at the Libertarian Republic and then they can follow me on Twitter at freedomsbeard. One word, Freedom's Beard 92. And I also have a Facebook page with the same name, Freedom's Beard 92. And then on Instagram at Caleb Shoemate, that's S H U M A T E 1776.
0: Awesome, and I'll be make sure I include all those links in the uh, the show notes so people can go ahead and find you easier, but Caleb, listen to me, I really appreciate taking some time to, uh, to join me in the show today, so uh, folks, with that, if you enjoyed today's episode and you, you enjoy um, not only Caleb, but the work he's doing over at TLR, please take a second, number one, go and, and subscribe to uh, all of his writings over on TLR, um, so you get notified whenever he's writing some great stuff, but also, make sure you go ahead and follow him on Twitter uh, and on Facebook, but hey, if you enjoy The Brian Nichols Show, I'd appreciate a follow on Twitter and on social media. Media, at bnichols Nichols Liberty, um, and as always, if you could go ahead and do me a favor, swing over to iTunes, give us a rate and review. That's how we move up the ratings. Five stars would be great, please. Five stars, um, and also please share with families and friends. This is a great episode to share with families and friends. By the way, um, it's a very uh, personal and I think very eye-opening story, uh, and it really helps explain the, the concepts and the, the importance of individual liberty and, and personal responsibility better than, than most. So, uh, with that, folks, if you could do me a favor and uh, and give us a like over on Facebook as well, I would appreciate that. So, with that being said until next week it's brian nichols signing off here on the brian nichols show for caleb shoemate of tlr we'll see you next week thanks for listening to the brian nichols show find more episodes at brian